Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows. All of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 35, is called Don't Reach for Your Halo Too Soon. Yeah, a bit of a strange title, but you'll see what I mean in just a few minutes. I never know, of course, exactly when people are listening to the various episodes from this podcast. I want you to be able to listen to them anytime and enjoy them. This one happens to be recorded near the end of August. Now, near the end of August used to mean that we were near the beginning of school. Now it means we're right in the middle of the beginning of school. It's getting started again where we are and probably where you are. When I was a kid, we had a full three months of summer. I liked that. I still feel kind of sad for the teachers and the students who I think get chiseled out of a full three months of summer because we start pretty much in the middle of August, and that just seems a little bit quick to me. I just think in the universe somewhere it's written that school people, teachers, and particularly our kids ought to have three full months. Doesn't seem fair to me. I guess I've never grown up. I also have never had much problem at all being bored, and I've never had a whole lot of sympathy for anybody who says that he or she is bored. I've just never been bored. In summer, my little brother Jim and I got into all sorts of, I started to say trouble. Well, a lot of it wasn't trouble. We just had a good time. We enjoyed what we were able to do together during the summer. We played baseball, sure. Actually, we played softball. One year we tried that, and I remember that. It was okay to play organized sports. We thought we'd give it a shot. And we had the T-shirts and everything and the gloves. And, yeah, we practiced with the, the softballs. That was fun. I enjoyed it. But pretty much as soon as we got started, Jim and I decided we had better things to do. That's when Mom gave us a valuable life lesson and said, you signed on to this, you're going to finish this. You don't have to play next year, but this year you got to play the whole season. You don't quit. But Jim and I also learned something, and that is we just enjoyed playing with each other and roaming around the neighborhood and alley ratting, by which we meant finding what kind of good things people had thrown away in trash cans. You'd probably get stuck by a needle and get AIDS now if you did that, but not back then. We found all sorts of neat stuff. I think the best find ever were some microfilm or microfiche machines. I'm not sure exactly the right term for those particular machines, but they were cool. They had all sorts of drawers and cabinets and cranks and things you could just all sorts of adjustments on them. And we really had fun with those. I remember just almost right exactly across the alley from our house, Mr. Sarpolis lived. Mr. Sarpolis smoked some cigars and they came in those glass tubes with the stoppers on them. Those things were excellent test tubes. There were other bottles of various sorts that we found that we would enjoy playing with and using for various concoctions. 
We occasionally would do things with our chemistry sets. Back then, you could get good stuff in chemistry sets. And if you did just a very little bit of research, you could find out what you could buy at your local drugstore, which you cannot buy now at your local drugstore, where you could make all sorts of moderately exciting explosives. That was before terrorism was a real big thing, and that was before the ATF would show up at your house if they found you buying the wrong sorts or right sorts of things. We figured out what the right sorts of things were to make some mild explosives, and that's another story. But the point is, we were almost never bored. And you may be thinking, wow, it doesn't sound like your parents were ever bored either. Either that or where in the world were they? Well, you need to understand that Jim and I were kids number four and five out of five. I had the best birth order in the world. That's another story. But there were 15 years between me and my sister, who was number three. By that time, mom and dad were kind of tired, and all we had to do was stay out of jail. And back then, kids had a lot more freedom to learn, I think, and to play and to grow and to just do a little experimentation of the right sort. We had a good time. We were not bored. And so when summer came to an end, all three months of it, if you ask us how we felt about school starting, our answer probably would be not so great. We were having a good time anyway. We were not bored. We had plenty of things to do, and school sort of got in the way. We really were busy. We also had paper routes. My goodness, we had paper routes. I'm surprised that we're still not getting retirement from the Amarillo Globe News because we had paper routes almost forever during our childhood, it seems. So we would run the paper route in the afternoon. We did that also during school. Later, we would work at uh, yard mowing. We had some businesses along that line of a minor nature. We would work at Amarillo Country Club near our house there, and we would work on the greens and mow and do all sorts of things out there. We had plenty to do. And so back to school. At the end of the three months, here comes school. How do you feel about that? Well, I wasn't bored. I said that. I was not all that ready to sit in a classroom and listen and become a human sponge absorbing knowledge. I did absorb knowledge. I got, I think, a very good education. And I'm not saying school wasn't important. It was. But boy, we got a lot of education in the summer. And as Mark Twain has been reported to say, you should never let your school interfere with your education. And we didn't. And so if I ask my grandkids, and I did recently, what they thought about the start of school and how they felt about it, I just thought I'd be interested in their reactions, and I was. And some of them were excited about it. That's never the adjective that I would put at the top of my list as a kid. Again, it just kind of was an interruption to what I was already doing, even though I admitted it was a needed interruption. And there were some things at school that I enjoyed, but I would never say that I was excited about it. Actually, there were a lot of things at school that I enjoyed, but nothing ever excited me as much as summer. I was on the school board in our little community for 18 years. I think, if I'm honest with you, the all-school assembly, I mean all the school personnel, all the teachers and staff and administrators, the school assembly that I just really detested that the board had to be at was that first big one during the year 
when everybody's supposed to talk about how excited they are about this new year. Even as a board member, I wasn't that excited. I knew it'd be a good year, and I was proud of what we were doing, and I sure was proud of our folks. But if you want to see excitement, oh, give me the end of school assembly with the summer stretching out in front of those sweet kids. Then you'd see excitement. So you see, I never really grew up. But I do remember, and I thought of this when I was talking to my grandkids about this, some of them were kind of excited, others were a little bit scared. I guess you'd have to put me when I was a kid most of the time in the little bit scared category. I didn't like change all that much even then. You get all comfortable, you know, with the way things are going in your school year. You know the teachers, you know the classes and kind of what they're about and how this works. About the time you get it down, it's time to to change. And so I was a little scared. I remember particularly the campus changes. We didn't have that many campus changes. I was in elementary school. We had six grades there. We didn't even have kindergarten. Mom and dad took us to a private kindergarten because they thought that my brother and I needed that. They were probably right. I still have a little resentment about that. I am almost sure that they told me that I made a deal with them that if I went into that private kindergarten and decided that I really didn't want to stay there, I didn't have to. Surely they didn't say that, but I got it in my head that they said that. And so I was kind of disappointed to say the least when they left me there. I didn't think I signed on intentionally to stay there. But Mrs. Francis was a sweet lady and it all worked out. Then we went over to San Jacinto Elementary there in Amarillo and I was there six years. You know, you get pretty comfortable in your school when you're there for six years and you know the principal and you know the secretary. And I could tell you a lot of stories about those sweet people and the great teachers I had. It was a great experience for me. But then the time came in seventh grade to go to Sam Houston Junior High School. In Amarillo, we were grades seven, eight, and nine at that point. And that was quite a change. It was a change that was just kind of brutal. But I made the change, made the shift, and I can tell you some good stories about that. And then we switched at 10th grade in Amarillo at that time, moved over to Tascosa High School, and that was a big switch. And so I remember all of those things. What do you remember about the start of school yourself. One thing I remember as a little guy was the, well, we didn't have backpacks back then, but we'd get at least a new cigar box where you put your pencils and stuff, you know, in the cigar box and put it in your desk. We'd get some new big chief tablets and that kind of thing. Later on, I remember the binders. I remember, you remember the smell of those plastic binders, those new plastic binders, And so we had those new binders and we had then dividers. I remember those translucent colored dividers that we had in our notebooks for each of our subjects and whatever. I remember all that new stuff. And I, yeah, I guess I should probably admit to a little excitement as things were getting started. There always is a little excitement at a new start. I still like summer better, but I remember the start of school. And so I've been praying for our little guys, our grandkids, and really for all of our kids that as they start school, it'd be a good year for them. I really hope that there is some excitement. I hope there's a lot of neat learning that takes place. I hope they are good friends. I hope they have good friends. And I just hope there's a lot of blessing with some great teachers and some great folks that lead them and guide them and help them to learn not just the things that you need to learn subject-wise, but what it takes to be the kind of people that we should be. 
what a great blessing it is to have a new start. And I'm trying, as you can see, to be a little excited about it. So here we go. A new school year. Wow. My ad for today is going to be a little bit different. If you've been listening to this podcast, in each episode, you have become familiar, I'm sure, with some really nice guitar music. The gentleman who did this guitar music for me did it specifically for this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Dave Cleveland is one great guy. You ask anybody in the music world who knows many musicians, and they'll know Dave Cleveland. He is amazing. He plays as a session musician in Nashville, plays lots of other things, does live performances and whatever. He is incredibly gifted. I just want to do a little bit of an ad for Dave today, just because I appreciate all that he's done for me. Dave played on two of my albums. He's played on my two most recent albums, done all the guitars, and really done such an incredible job. I love listening to what he does. If you'd like to get some of Dave's music, just go to Amazon or iTunes or any place online where you can buy music and plug in the name Dave Cleveland, C-L-E-V-E-L-A-N-D, and you'll find some really neat stuff. Maybe even before you do that, you want to get a little bit of a preview, go to YouTube and plug in the name Dave Cleveland, and there'll be a good many things that come up there. Click on something and just listen to and watch Dave create some beautiful music. It's just amazing what he does. He does some easy listening stuff. He does some guitar music that will just lower your blood pressure 10 or 20 points. Just ease back into your recliner and just let it wash over you. He does some beautiful hymns and gospel songs that really are fun to listen to. And you would enjoy those, I promise you. A lot of good music there. I won't even begin to try to list the titles, but I'll just tell you, plug in Dave's name and check out his music. You'll enjoy it, I promise. And now, let's let Dave lead us in as we focus on faith. You can be too shiny. Those words are not profound, but they're true. The good news of the gospel, someone once wisely said, is that God loves ordinary people. We don't have to shine ourselves up or fool ourselves about how shiny we are or wax on a little shiny veneer for God to love us. He already does. Nothing good we could do would make God love us more. Nothing bad we could do would make God love us less. You know, that really is the gospel. Jesus has done what needs to be done. He's done it all. And he's placed it on us through faith. He's given us his righteousness. And so, what a blessed thing. What a sad thing that so many people, even many Christians, don't understand that and live as if everything was just up to them. It's not. Through Christ's cross, we are pardoned. Through the empty tomb, we are empowered. That sacrifice was made by one perfect man, once for all, and it was made for imperfect people, ordinary people. That's why grace is so amazing. Grace given to people who deserve it is not amazing at all, nor is it grace. 
Our job, your job and mine, is to trust God and to live lives thanking Him for what He has done and is doing. And if we're wasting a lot of time pretending to be shinier than we are, well, it's time taken away from the job we should be doing. I love the words one of my favorite writers puts into the mouth of one of her characters. An older and much wiser priest says to a much younger one who is wasting a lot of time worrying that he is human, don't reach for your halo too soon. You see, if God really wants to give us halos, we can be sure he'll do it at exactly the right time. In the meantime, most of us just look silly trying to hang our own. I remember a time in my own family when one of our kids was having a hard time at school. That's what brought this to mind, I think. We talked a little bit earlier about starting school. Well, this year was kind of a tough start. What surprised us actually was the fall start wasn't that tough, but somewhere during the Christmas holidays, something changed. He was making fine grades. In fact, now I realize grades that were almost too good to be healthy. He was worrying too much, and he was enjoying being a kid too little. And that's when we sought some wise counsel. Now, may I tell you that a bad counselor is worse than no counselor at all, but a good counselor, one who knows what he's doing, I mean the professional kind, is worth his weight in gold. And if you have a problem with going to a counselor because you think it's admitting defeat, whether it's for you personally or for your marriage or for a problem in your family, well, I'm not saying you should run to one every other day, but I'm saying if you have a problem going to one when you need it, and if you don't have somebody that you know you can go to when you need wise counsel, you need to get over yourself because we all need help from time to time. We are all human. And if you're not willing to do that, you're saying, I believe that I'm better than most humans because all humans have times when they need some wise counsel from somebody who is outside their own family system, from somebody who can look at things in a realistic way and just say, here's something I see that you might not be aware of. And it's surprising that we are not aware of some of the things that would be obvious to somebody else around us. Well, this son of ours, we had four and have four, was having a hard time at school. Like I say, he was, I think, worrying too much, enjoying being a kid too little. And so we sought the wise counsel. And we were told, this is wise, most families have a barometer. It may not always be the same family member, but someone will start to show it first when the family is under too much stress. Don't make the mistake of thinking the barometer is the problem. He's just the one showing the stress. Now, you might want to stop and think about that just a little bit. It may be that in the family system, whoever is actually contributing to the stress, maybe in the biggest way, is not the one who is showing the stress. It may be that in the family system, the whole thing has just kind of become stressful, just too much going on, just too much pressure for whatever reason. And so there's stress there. The barometer shows the stress, but it's the whole system that's under stress. And he's just the one, or she's just the one, showing the stress. 
I think that's an important truth. Guess who got homework after we visited the counselor? Yeah, it was me. My homework? Don't comb your hair this Saturday. Not at all. What? You mean... You mean... You mean you think a dad too worried about being too shiny might be stressing out his family? You mean hair, of all things, might just be the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, that's what he meant. He meant that dad had too much starch in his shorts and needed to lighten up. And he was right. Dad has learned a lot since then. I've learned that God loves ordinary people and that we all are ordinary people, and that's not a bad thing. I've learned that, though we're told in Scripture, that God himself will one day make us shine like stars. Self-shining and hanging our own halos just makes us look silly. We also will fall off the stool if we keep trying it too long, and we'll hurt ourselves and we'll break something, or we'll fall on someone and break something on them, It's just not the way God meant for us to live, and nobody can do it for long. I've learned that one of the most important reasons for anyone in authority to know the rules is so they'll know when the rules need to be bent or broken so that people can be loved, because people are more important than rules. I've learned that if we don't know where to bend, we will surely eventually break And again, we'll break others along the way. And that's too bad. It really doesn't need to happen because, you see, this grace stuff is not just for church. It's for life. Well, I hope you and yours have a great beginning to this school season, this school year. I hope it's a great time for your kids. I hope they enjoy school. I really hope they're excited about it. But let me just tell you a secret, parents. If your kid is doing well, if they really are engaged and doing well, if they've got friends that you really like to see as their friends, if they're showing that they know how to be the right kind of friend, well, I'll just kind of bet you that they're doing pretty well in their subjects, and you might just consider giving them a little slack. Sometimes good enough is good enough. And if the top kid gets the halo, eh, let him have it. Your kid's doing perfectly fine and being a blessing along the way. You can be too shiny. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.